Aren't we always ready? I mean, we just show up, game on, you know, game face, ready to roll. No? I mean, I don't know that I have a game face. I was never really a sports person. Except I do know that you did play youth softball. I did. Extremely youth. <clears throat> and then it got to be like real softball and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been around softball parents and there's a lot of crazy that goes on out there. Yes. It's it hardcore. My mom was not a softball parent. That's the problem. She was a, <laughs> I'll take you to every practice and I'll go to every game, but I'm going to sit in the but car she, she or I'm going to bring a book. At umpires no. and so. There is a lot of crazy. I thought football parents were crazy. No comparison to little league parents, which is no comparison to girls softball parents. And volleyball parents might be the craziest of all of them. I mean, they're I just there's a lot of crazy, crazy stuff out there. Here's here's a good idea. Calm my, down. My apologies <laughs> to any of you who are offended by that because you are you are parents. crazy in these sports and not crazy. Oh. But for those of you who are crazy and offended by it. No apologies. Wear it, bro. Take it. You know, it is what it is. I'm drinking so. a Powerade, though. See, that's very sporty of you. You know, I am With drinking a Powerade. zero sugar. Well, here's the thing. I can't thing. even do that. Here's the thing. Let me tell you the thing. I tell saw, me the thing. I saw a thing on Pinterest, and it was for a red, white, and blue, like, drink, like a punch, yeah. not an alcoholic drink. I was going to make it for George for Flag Day. And so it said, right. So it said you needed three different kinds of juices, each with varying sugar contents, and that's how they would layer. The ones with the most Ah. sugar would go at the bottom, and blah blah blah. So I had to buy like three different kinds of Gatorade and Powerade with different sugar contents, and then I didn't make it. So now I'm just drinking the The zero sugar Powerade. I drank the other one. My zero sugar Powerade is very clear. Water, Larry is clear. Anyway, <coughs> speaking of crazy, yeah. speaking of crazy parents, we are the home of professional I podcasting. A, I had a segue. Segway us. Crazy parents, yes. you know what they might do? Say, use unwholesome say, talk. Say bad words and use unwholesome talk. Yeah. Right. That was smooth. <laughs> well, right? that, that was very good. <laughs> do they use expletives? <laughs> Stacy says so expletives very well. Expletives. Her enunciation of expletives was expletives. entertaining to me in the pre-show conversation so and we didn't even rant today there was, there was we did a little bit did we about the government pretty much but yeah <laughs> that's just but we everyday stuff did not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths did not right? we were very so that's a professional good even in our casual we have decided today a special day in <laughs> here he is <laughs> out of deference to our subject matter not to use expletives and expletives and uh, explicit language in the podcast this morning for so, today only for today only. one night only you know get your ticks ticks are bad this year there are had, there are a lot I of ticks had one of me the other day for sure you know what I saw <laughs> we'll get into this I had a segue now I'm segueing out um, <laughs> peppermint yeah. oil yes one drop of peppermint oil and that little tick goes woo bye ticks fleas and ticks don't like uh, peppermint I love peppermint. fleas in particular. Don't like lavender. I don't know how that I affects think I've heard ticks. That too. And they don't like lemongrass. So things with lemongrass. Well, I bought a bottle of peppermint, peppermint oil because I saw that, and I'm like, well, that's easier mm-hmm. than digging around for a tick and not getting its little head out. So. Mm. Yeah, well, that's gross. But yeah. pro tip for your summer. So see, sometimes if you get a tick, you might start saying some unwholesome words too because it's yeah. gross and dangerous, and you know. Tick might be an unwholesome word. Tick. Remember that TV cartoon. 
dick? dick? Yeah. Uh, cha. I didn't know that, it was that big of a deal to you. That was that was a that was a, like a, a WB experience. thing. No, I did not watch the live action. I didn't either. Version that, that was they an made. Amazon. And then I think they remade another live action version of it, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably a mistake. Um, they uh, they had one fairly early that I, was not Amazon Prime, I believe, hmm. and then uh, then remade that. That was a, like, wasn't that on the WB thing. when it was still Seems the WB? Possible. It was like, it was like the Tick, Gargoyles, yeah. the Batman one, yeah, the animated sounds, series. That, right. that was my afternoons when I, I was... loved the Tick, the the uh, <laughs> uh, non-child humor. I was going to say adult right. humor, but that sounds like contrary to our topic today. But uh, not that kind of adult right. stuff, not, not Adult Swim kind of things. But it uh, just was. It was great. I really enjoyed the social commentary. Uh, Arthur was fantastic. Arthur was a moth for those who don't know or are not familiar. Gosh, everything when was you, so much better in the <clears throat> when you have a uh, when you have a, an animated series about a six foot tall blue tick as a guy a guy dressed as a tick but with <laughs> superpowers, and you wonder. Well, it was sort of a parody of other. Right. comic things like the Blue Beetle and, and, and different kinds of things. It worked. And, uh, and he was basically a buffoon, but it was it was pretty awesome. So, is that what we were talking about today? Yes, buffoons. Well, about that? But we were looking to actually promote something that is helpful in building others up according to their needs. So maybe don't call people buffoons. So that it, uh, well, it's fictional. I don't think he's getting his feelings hurt. He's probably getting royalties for it, so he's probably, he's probably sure. doing quite well. I don't know who so, voiced it. I don't know, but it was brilliant. It was, it was, do you remember? Uh, do I remember? Do you remember <laughs> the? Where's you, that? Where's that you, coffee? Why am I drinking water? Do you remember that? I said it all the time. I'm sorry. Does you remember uh, the Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah. And was it Fairly, fairly Odd Parents that had crimson chin on it, or was that Jimmy Neutron? I did not watch Jimmy Neutron. I think. I think it was fairly odd parents. I don't remember. Another hilarious. That was kind parody, of like I was getting on too thing. old for that, but I was not a fan necessarily of the show for a variety of reasons. But there were some really brilliant things in it as well. We can go back even further and and segue I'm into all our, about back further into our you know, I'm old. Uh, into what we're talking about today. Late '80s and like early to mid '90s cartoons, especially like on Nickelodeon. Hmm. Whoa. Shouldn't have been on Nickelodeon. Talk about unwholesome talk. Nickelodeon, Ren and Stimpy. Oh my goodness. Angry Beavers. I used to watch the Angry Beavers, and now I realize that I should. That was a major transition time in the classification of our society. And then on Cartoon Network, a fun made-up word there. I used to watch Johnny Bravo, which I also. I love Johnny Bravo. But that's inappropriate. Come on. Well, but I loved it too. Johnny Bravo. Was not great for kids, really. That's what but, I'm saying. But was making fun of inappropriate stuff as he was doing. I get it, it. So but it was also inappropriate. There was some pretty good stuff. That that was a good series. I for, liked for it. Those things. Anyway. But yeah, really enjoyed. Sort of like half segued into things. Forty five. Enjoyed times a number today, of those. So. Well, you know, as you look at what you know the the cartoons that I grew up with back in you know like the 40s, 50s. Um, <laughs> when you would use... They just have little monkeys and jack-in-the-boxes. Jack <laughs> when, uh, well, you know, look at the old Looney Tunes stuff. You know, uh, when yeah. they would do off-color things, right. they would specifically veil it or not, you know, have it. Or, you know, right. instead of calling someone an inappropriate name, uh, when, some, when Elmer Fudd or whatever would do something dumb, 
their face would transform into the face of a donkey, you know, right. instead of right, call, right, you know, right, saying right. things. But nowadays, you just say stuff. You know, commercials are so crass and vile and it's, things. There are literally no joke things that were when I was in high school that would have probably and this was you know 80s so after pg-13 became a thing that was a big controversy when pg-13 became a thing didn't exist before that uh and the the argument was well it's just a way to get more r-rated content Mm -hmm. to younger viewers because you're not actually you know you're not going to be more stringent toward your pg-13 or toward your pg stuff and it was kind of you know in between it's kind of a mixed bag with it and now nobody really pays much attention to ratings anymore anyway right. because everything when you make you know the the Batman series that you were talking about the cartoon series was was uh rated for teens or how, however they it was did at like the something time. 14 it's yeah something because the there was some fighting in it right so that was you know that was really out there and then you know Ren and Stimpy was like a rating below that even though it was inappropriate I might be getting a little bit off on that but you get the idea there's so much uh, of a sliding scale. We've changed so much of what we're, uh, what our expectations are. I never once in my life, ever, um, even when you guys were kids, I don't ever remember hearing people use the Lord's name in vain in commercials. Mm. You know, nobody said, "Oh my God," or you know, things like that. You use the Lord's name lightly. Now it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's all over the place <clears throat> in commercials all the time. You know, so, you know, even the, the, the prevalence of uh, sexual immorality in commercials. Now, we all recognize the, the basic advertising adage that sex sells. That was huge always, even going back to Joe Namath putting on pantyhose in, in the 70s. Um, and it was comedic and all that kind of stuff. But nowadays, it's not just the, the imagery of... of Sexiness, which is making me very uncomfortable just even saying it. But, you know, as we're, it's not that. It's specifically promoting ungodliness Mm -hmm. through all these things in in areas where it just doesn't matter. It's just the advertising. You could be talking about hamburgers or jello or real estate and you're still coming up with ways have. to promote this oh yeah i mean you're remember promoting... those carl's jr commercials with like the yes and and those are actually to me less bothersome they're virtually pornographic but they're less bothersome to me than the more subtle things mm-hmm. of promoting you know the, the all the pride commercials that are that are going on where you're where you are specifically intentionally assaulting what is being called a heteronormative society in in and it's subtle, and it's promoting ungodliness, unnatural, sinful behavior as as if it's a good normative thing, and that is more harmful than what, it, it, in my opinion, strictly, uh, than the overt, obvious. This is obviously immoral. This is obviously, you know, objectivizing women. We all get it, and you know, you're either you're either supporting it or not supporting it, but you. But you know it. You understand right. it. Now, as we were talking about earlier in our... Yes, we did have a little something to rant about, didn't we? <clears throat> uh, when we were talking about you know, the, uh, how things have changed from when Hallmark Channel had the big controversy about not airing, uh, not wanting to air um, a, a gay wedding commercial for whatever... Uh, I can't remember the name of the wedding planning thing. Something with a Z, I think. Uh, anyhow, the uh, defiling my letter... 
and, and that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And and now they've made it not a big deal. It's just well, now they have several normal. several movies with right. So you've 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 gone from this it doesn't fit our values, so we're not going to do it for advertising. To getting bullied into the advertising. To then we're going to change our content to bring that in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they've brought in more, more viewers. You know, I I don't know what that research is, but I would sincerely doubt it. Um, but you are changing the the mentality of folks who are regular Hallmark watchers. Right. So while, for example, in, in your case, as a regular Hallmark watcher, you're probably not watching those movies. No, I'm not. But you're and I'm also less probably, shocked by it now right. than you were a couple because years Because I'm ago. also not necessarily Hallmark's target audience. Yeah. Um, it's probably, you know, mostly... Actually, I think you probably are. You're right yeah. in that demographic. Are you saying I'm old? No, I don't think that's I the demographic. Th- I tend anymore. to think of the demographic the, of Hallmark as being like women in their 50s and 60s. That's the top end of it. But just like everybody else, they want that 18 to 34 well, I get that, they yeah. can get it. So that's that's why all of the, you know, they don't have a lot of old people romances on Hallmark. <laughs> they, they have that's it. true. But it's usually people that it's are It's usually like my 30s, age, yeah. Because yeah. that's the target. That's Making, where the disposable income giving is. Giving me so. unrealistic expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Hollywood never does that. Uh, anyhow, it, as we see how much things have changed, we were also in our something to rant about, which is never supposed to come into the free content here. Uh, free content. <laughs> the, we were talking about the Harbor Country Pride event that, that took place this past week leading up to... What was that? Yeah. Um, so when they did the, uh, the the drag queen party thing here locally, and, and it was clearly, this is something that only... A, handful of years ago, uh, up until the last five minutes of U.S. history, would have been restricted to 18 and over clubs or 21 mm-hmm. and over clubs. And they're doing it out in the street as if it's a family event. Uh, these hypersexualized, uh, cross-dressing I- individuals. And we are creating a normative situation with this so that those who do not support it, who see this as a, a moral danger or a moral impediment to our society, are now, you're the weird ones. You know, if you think this is right. bad, you're the weird ones. Right. You're the, and you're you also know, a you're hateful the bigot, bigot. Right. you're the terrible person. Uh, how dare you? I was just going to say, you're going to get some flack for just saying that. Yeah, all seven of our listeners are probably not going to be bothered. All by the that, people so. in the UK are going to be really upset. So, hello. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> Anyhow, as we're as we're working through this, just to look at how much society has changed. Yeah. The, uh, you know, again, when when uh, they brought in PG thirteen to the movie ratings, if you use the F word one time, it's allowed one time in PG thirteen. More now. Oh. It, it wasn't at all then. If it at that when it came in, if it was used once, it was automatically R. Mm. That so shifted eased fairly up the early. restrictions on that even. Right. That shifted fairly early. Now I believe it's three times. Oh, I thought it was one. And, uh, and for a while, you know, it couldn't be used as a, as a verb, an actual thing. So now, <laughs> I, don't like I, anything. now I believe that it can. So then what's the so difference between a, an R and Still a... limited. R is unli- virtually unlimited. Um, so I and I don't remember exactly what those standards well, are. Well, now R isn't even enough because one above that is NC seventeen, right? Yeah, that also came out at the same time back when I was in high school, and 
the whole thing was, well, that's just going to normalize pornography. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, that's just crazy. Only radical, crazy people would think that. So what has happened since? Pornography is everywhere. It's normal. It, it's filtered its way into the language so that even, you know, we were lamenting this before, even in children's channels, mm-hmm. you have conversations that the kids may not understand come out of that world, but that's where they're coming from. There are, you know, just different colloquialisms and parts of the language that are becoming normal. It's interesting what has become acceptable and, on the other hand, what has become really, really frowned upon as far as, like, a generational... Yeah. Way of speaking. Interesting that you should say that. Continue. I'm, I'm I, now intrigued. I'm probably going to offend people. I hope so, because it really boosts our listenership when we're offensive. And, and deletes my friends list on <laughs> Facebook. Um, JK, Stacey has no friends. It's true. <laughs> Me, my fan. Uh, that's why I wanted to write to an Eskimo And we have no <laughs> listenership, so, you know, it's all good. Um, you remember All in the Family? I do. Do you think that that would even be allowed on the air today? I do, but it would be changed. Uh, I mean, how it was. Yeah, the the problem... What's interesting to me is, you know, all of those Norman Lear shows. uh, Mm -hmm. I think All in the Family would be allowed. I don't think the Jeffersons would be allowed. Mm. Because George Jefferson was portrayed as a racist. And I'm not saying that everything George Jefferson said or everything Archie Bunker said or whatever was no, they, okay. they were specifically parodies. Right. But I, I think we understood comedy differently. That's than, what I'm than, saying. Like, I don't think as they were, those kind of shows would be accepted today You know on what TV. would not be? Would be... Um, um, now I've lost it. Uh, Sanford and Son, the Red Fox show. Dun, dun, dun. Best, best, best theme song ever. <laughs> uh, WKRP in Cincinnati is up there too. But That'll be stuck in my head all day now. That that is a great theme song and, and really a no good words. show. But the because of some of the there's a bunch of stereotypes. Right, and used for a purpose, right. uh, as well as a, a comedic purpose. Um, but we've lost nuance in, mm. in our world, and so. And it's impossible to portray things from one. You, you, racism is fine going a certain direction, and it's absolutely unacceptable going any other direction. And and that's a difficult, difficult thing to to make logically uh, to make logically fit regular conversation. And Even the uh, the one of my favorite shows was the Cosby Show. And that's yes. coming completely wiped off the air because of Bill Cosby. And I'm not here to get into what Bill Cosby did. Still on Amazon Prime. <clears throat> right. But it doesn't deplete the fact that it was a good show, a funny show, and all the other actors that were involved still. All-time you know. phenomenal show. But uh, anyway, I just think it's interesting what was what would be considered today wasn't considered offensive back then, and what right. what is considered offensive now wasn't. Back. It's just an interesting uh, sort of on dynamic. a lot of levels. So right. when we're talking about language, when we're talking about and people will know, say that's because today is more we're more woke, we're woker, we're, but I uh, yeah. I don't know that that's the case in every in, in a lot of ways sure, but in every way I have a lot of problems with the concept of wokeness, and one of the biggest is just the grammar of it. Woke. I can't be woke. I can be awakened, but I can't be woke. It just kills me. So anyway, uh, not really super relevant. I can be awakened by coffee only. Awaken Alive, John Cooper's new book, lead singer of Skillet. Of what? Skillet. (laughs) What did you say? I told you I need to eat more coffee. Skillet. Skillet. 
Skull Bandits. Anyhow, oh, he does not sing for the Skull Bandits, although that is my new country band. We skull are Bandits? The skull Bandits. Yeah. You say Skull, interestingly. That's because I'm from Michigan. Skull. Yeah. I realized the other day that I have much more of a regional dialect than I ever thought I didn't before. realize that until I went to college and everybody called me out on it. Yeah, I never uh, never realized it until I was and at I the gas to, station. And I went to college in Indiana. I got, I got my... Uh, yeah, because it's so far away. But other people yeah. were from different parts of the country. <laughs> I was at the gas station, and I was saying something to somebody, and I said, hey, I appreciate it. And I'm like, boy, that sounds very Midwestern country, G- doesn't it? So, <laughs> G-Jet. G-Jet. No, would you? <laughs> Anyhow, what were we talking about skull, again? Unwholesome talk. But, you know, you mentioned the shifting... Uh, norms and expectations as far as how language goes and uh, I, I think I've mentioned it on Sunday uh, there's a book by John McWhorter called Nine Nasty Words mm-hmm. and which I don't necessarily recommend because it's nasty it's very you know it's dealing with foul language and expletives Ms. and so Jackson. it's replete with that you know it's all over the place but <clears throat> um, but one of the key elements that, that uh, um, you see in that and and Again, I'm just seeing part of it, you know, and trying to research this. That scatological words, profanity, general obscenity, totally no longer taboo. You know, right, the, right. The, That's the what I'm F- saying. You know, we mentioned the F word being that was an automatic R rating. That was something you never heard. You know, I could I could count on one hand the number of times I heard a female use that word. Growing up, right, an adult female, let's say. On one hand, I can, today I get through that by lunch. You know, it, it's, right. it's, it's just all become over a part place. of everyday conversation. Like that movie right. that came out a couple years ago, oh, Wolf of Wall Street. They had like the record for the most f words in it of all time, and it was like a hundred and some in yeah. a two-hour movie. Yeah, and it's it, just it, become a part of every, people use everyday it, conversation. There, yeah, it, it's just um, the words have lost much of their original meaning in a lot of ways right. because because of the ubiquity of, of their use because it's so everywhere all the time people just drop f-bombs into sentences without any thought it doesn't even matter it's like, why it's like um or like or exactly. whatever it's, it's just, just like you know dropping it out there right <clears throat> i remember when i was in the air force and and you know there's this young kid uh next in the apartment next to us you know because i was so old i was like 21 you know uh, but there's this, you know, he was, 19. He, he was 18 <laughs> and his new bride and their baby. And he was, he came over and he was bragging to us about their baby just said their first word. Well, it was the F word. And he was so proud and excited that, that this happened. And I'm thinking, wow, these people are, you know, this is so messed up. Well, now that's just not even, right. it's not even a thought, you know, it's just it, People, the think world that's, has changed. people think that's cute or funny. Or but what has changed, and you mentioned All in the Family and, and some of those Norman Lear shows and, and Sanford and Son, what is completely different is any sort of epithet or slur that a, a group label is now like the thing. Except for Cracker, which is totally okay, apparently. But, you know, that is another conversation. The... There was a thing on Babylon Bee the other day about changing the name of Cracker Jack to, I forget what it was, but it was because it's offensive to white people. Yeah. So, uh, but any of those things are way off the chart. So even as as McWhorter is writing this book, he, you know, he'll just, just write out whatever foul language, the F word and so on and so forth. But the N word... 
he would call the N-word, mm. you know, things like that. Because it's so offensive in our society. Everything has changed. Our, our worldview has changed. Our perspective has changed. And part of that, and, and we'll deal with this in future weeks, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but part of that is that uh, our way of thinking is different. Our understanding of language and its meaning is different. Our understanding of God and ourselves and, and who he is or if he is, whether he is, and you know how we interact with our creator, it's dramatically different. So society, right. uh, society is much less influenced today uh, by Judeo-Christian values than it than it has been sure. throughout the, the development of Western society throughout the uh, the the time of the American experiment. Uh, but you, you, it's just really overwhelming to see this secularizing movement that it's bigger than we usually recognize. It's not just, oh, we're not going to have prayer in schools right. or you know, <clears throat> we're going to promote evolution. It's bigger than, than that. It, it, it's the whole package of life um, fits into theological uh, frameworks. And so when we change that framework, the philosophical and theological framework, then the meaning behind everything shifts. Mm -hmm. Now the motivation for the things that we do or think or say shifts. Mm -hmm. And when the motivation changes, then the behavior changes. And so over time we see this, uh, you know, it's been called a number of different things. I think I just referred to it as classification earlier. I just made that up. Uh, so don't use that in your essays, children. Um, <laughs> not made for kids here on this podcast, as YouTube will make sure that we know. But, you know, you've, we've seen the term pornification out there. there there's this whole idea that, that we have debased society. And our speech is reflective of that. We are much, much more crass, uh, much Without even less really elegant it. society right. than we probably have been at any other time since the Reformation. I can't, you know, somebody could probably debate that. Uh but I think even during times of rampant illiteracy, there is an elegance and a class that um, in our in our lowbrow stuff, it was that the reason lowbrow humor, things that involved you know bodily functions and, and, and you know the uh, crasser types of experiences, those types of things were funny because they were shocking. Mm -hmm. Now they're not shocking, you know. And I watched like every children's show right. ever has to focus. It doesn't just periodically drop it in. Has to use uh, you know, the word poop or you know the you know references to flatulence, the things that you just didn't hear really ever in kids shows. But now it's you can't have a show unless you have right. those things in there. So there's constant potty references. There's you know all, all these different things, uh, and it's it's not shocking anymore. Mm -hmm. But we've lost any higher forms of humor because we're so focused. That make you on think, that. right? So when again looking at Norman Lear and and, and you know I'm. <laughs> pretty far to the right in some ways of Norman Lear's perspectives on, on many things. Uh, and yet, I so identified with those shows as a kid growing up in the 70s that, you know, I, I grew up in a world where we had 
we were in the in the shadow and the after effects of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. So we had addressed pretty. Uh, I'm going to use this term, but I don't fully mean it. Uh, at least not in perfection. Pretty exhaustively addressed systemic racism. Not perfectly. It was still growing, but. But we were no longer in denial of the fact that there was systemic racism, that there was systemic bigotry in a number of places. And so those things were addressed. Jim Crow laws had been removed by, by this time. Uh, because it's a progressive social change, uh, there, the reality, the practical reality of such things was still all over the place. Um, I'll throw in ubiquitous again because I don't think I've said that enough times today. So it, it was just, just everywhere, and we know that. But because we knew it, we were able to address it. We were able to, to talk. I heard Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon in, uh, in the Avengers movies, he was in a, a He good, was in... Just Mercy was one that... I, Adjustment Bureau, which you need to see. I actually have not seen that. I know, I've talked to you about like it several that times. I, that I would like to see. Uh, but, but he was talking he about... He an angel. Who's, and, and he's closer to your age than he is to mine, but... You know, he said, you know, in the, in, this, in the 80s, he was talking about, we had racism. We had real racism. And what we did was we made comedies about it. The Eddie Murphy stuff. We, you know, we, right. we had uh, All in the Family still part of our consciousness. And it was all over on, in syndication and the Jeffersons and good times and so on. And so we dealt with heavy issues with humor we could laugh about it from, from both sides. We could address it. We could deal with it and make it better by changing the hearts of people. Right. Now we're so offended by things that, that we don't do that. But, and I have totally forgotten where I was going with this now. <laughs> but, but as we're seeing the, the changes and the development, the, the things that we're sensitive about now, as opposed to the things that we are completely insensitive about now, absolutely shapes who we are. It, right. It's reflective of who we are, but it also shapes who we are. So I want <clears throat> to ask, because we've reached our time limit, I want to ask... Did uh, we ever get on topic no. at all? Well, so you segued us we've in kind and of jumped like us right back talked out. all around it. Yeah. Um, so if you want to read the passage from, from Sunday in Ephesians, my question is, um, this, this section is being directed specifically toward the church, correct? Yes. Okay. So as Christ, yeah, the whole the whole book, the uh, right, book of Ephesians, right. is written to the saints right. in Ephesus. Yeah. So as Christ followers today, then, and maybe you want to read the passage beforehand. I'll just ask it. Is the line if, the the title of this week's sermon was un, unloading unwholesome talk? Mm. <clears throat> so I was sitting there thinking, what's the line for that aside from my own conscience? You know, I realize that I'm not going to call anybody a racial slur or say a swear word or, you know, sure. whatever. But maybe I'll say something off color about somebody that I'll be convicted about later. But Or maybe I'll say something unwholesome and not give it a second thought. Yeah. So as a Christ follower, then, who wants to, who will never be perfect at not saying unwholesome talk, but wants to work okay. on it. What's the line? Is it is it your own conscience? Is it feeling? I think you used a good 
you know, I, I might have been quoting somebody else too, but is if that it was something, good, I probably won't. Is that something that Jesus would have said? Is that yeah. something that would have come out of his mouth or whatever? And WWJD. Right. Um, For you 90s children. I am a so. 90s child. Hey. Um, I probably still have a bracelet somewhere. I probably do too. I had a pink one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just wondered if there was a specific, like, you know what's not good to say and what's, you know... What was the old line that uh, they used in the congressional hearings in the 80s about pornography? I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. You know, it right, but it's, it's kind of like, like that, that uh, with a lot of things. And so I, <laughs> when, when Jiminy Cricket says, let your conscience be your guide, follow your heart, Disney kind of stuff, puts us in a bad situation because our hearts, in case we didn't know this already, are deceitful and mm. desperately wicked. They're, they can't be trusted. Uh, but there is that, there's a difference, some vaguely defined difference inside of us between the, the heart, soul, mind. Mm-hmm. So there's, I know things. You know, I hear it and I know, right? Okay, that's not okay. That's not right. My heart then, my, my emotions, my affective part uh, then decides do I want this thing or do I want the other thing do I want this unwholesome thing to be part of my life or do I want God's will and the mind that's controlled by the spirit of God joyfully conforms to the will of God whereas the mind controlled by the sinful nature by the flesh uh, is doesn't submit to God can't submit to God is hostile to God so there's there's that aspect in the heart. The conscience sort of combines these things in a way that I am not, <laughs> I am not equipped to define. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, by God's common grace, in, his, in, in allowing us conscience, uh, all of us as those who bear God's image, and specifically the conscience of the believer with the Holy Spirit within us, uh, who has sealed us for the day of redemption, as he says here in, in chapter 4, and refers to earlier in, in I think, it's chapter 1. This, the Holy Spirit in us convicts us of sin. So right. when I get out of line with my speech, the Holy Spirit's going to be there saying, really? Right. That this is, this is not right for a child of God. So... Um, that answers my question. <laughs> I will. I will read you know a portion of it at least. But as we're as we're looking at it, one of the things to keep in mind, and we didn't really, we kind of focused on on foulness today mm-hmm. as much as anything. But when Paul is talking about unwholesome talk, uh, many of the other renderings would say corrupt talk or corrupting talk. Uh, it, it's Speech, words, communication doesn't have to be with our mouths, can be with our keyboards or our phones. You know, what when we are using words or speaking or communicating in a way that tears down rather than builds up, that's unwholesome, that's corrupting. It has that that deleterious effect that that is uh, going to just wreck relationships. It it um, denigrates rather than elevates it doesn't it doesn't lift us up but it brings us down <clears throat> excuse me so when my language the words that i use the way that i say things uh, draws my attitude or the attitude of others away from god mm-hmm. makes us less holy in the way we protect uh, present ourselves um, 
unclean lips, as Isaiah would say, that that's not right. That's unwholesome talk. If I am engaged in slander or gossip or uh, vengeful, bitter, biting things where, where you know, you've done me wrong and now I'm just you know, I'm coming after you. Uh, all of those kinds of things get wrapped up in this unwholesome speech, corrupting talk uh, kind of an idea. So, uh, as always, I want to remind us of the context. Paul has been speaking to the church. And the reason, just before I say this, uh, it keeps coming up in my head and I keep not saying it. The reason that these things are written to the church is because until you're part of the church, and this may shock people to hear. Uh, some people will be like, well, duh. Other people will be like mortally offended by this. <clears throat> until you are a Christ follower, until you are born again in Christ and therefore part of the body of Christ, the church, it is impossible to please God. So you can do all the rest of this stuff just dandy, have all the outward behaviors right, but if you have not received Christ by faith, and, and you're doing this for him rather than for yourself, then it's all for naught. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. You know, you're, you're still dead in your sins. So as these books, nearly all of the Bible, virtually everything, is written for two believers or about believers, it is for all of us in that unbelievers will read it and come to the Lord. So... <clears throat> Paul, as he's writing to the church, has laid out uh, this incredible position that we have in Christ in the first three chapters, that though we are dead in sin, he, he raised us from the dead in Christ because Christ died in our place, paid for all that. And now he says in, in 4.1, as a prisoner of, for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Other renderings would say to, to walk worthy of the calling. And that's that's really important for us to recognize. This is not about trying to earn favor with God. It's because you are his. Now live like it, right? So then we look at, at verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles, or you can hear unbelievers here, uh, as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Um, <clears throat> and it describes the darkness in the in the natural mind, the unregenerate mind. Verse 20, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, who you were before Christ, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted. Keep that word in mind when we get to verse 29, because most of you, many of your renderings would say corrupt talk uh, as opposed to unwholesome. Your, so... Um, your old self is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new instead in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So that's what we've been focusing on for these many weeks now is this taking out of the trash, mm -hmm. getting rid of the old, putting on the new self, new minds, therefore new behaviors. Uh, then he goes into verses 25 to 32 talking about some, some specific areas, four specific areas here of, of what that looks like. Now we, this week, we're in verse 29, uh, where he specifically says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Do not let any corrupt talk or corrupting talk, which, again, we see the parallel here to the corruption of our old selves, mm -hmm. who we were is being corrupted by our sinful desires 
here we have talk that is corrupting as well in the same way because it comes out of that old person. So don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and that it may benefit those who listen. So a couple of things to see here. What, what you should not have come out of your mouth is unwholesome, corrupting, harmful things that are taking people away from Christ, uh, away from the glory of God, away from holiness. Uh, rather, instead, what should be coming out is stuff that is helpful for building them up, that's going to bring them closer to Christ, that's going to promote the glory of God, promote holiness. Um, you know, in secular terms, we might talk about building self-esteem that's going to make them better and stronger. That's self-esteem is another concept for another day. But as we're doing this, no corrupting unwholesome stuff. Fill your mouth then instead with helpful things, building others up. And notice that it's according to their needs. So it's, it is situational. You kind of mentioned the, the conscience as a part of this. And the conscience does matter because what might be appropriate in a context like with this podcast or as we're talking here, there are things that, that we might say in this podcast that would be inappropriate to say with our children. You know, right. it's a different, you know, it's a different context or, you know, even with, you know, it, with adults in a different setting. You know, there's, um, <laughs> well, we don't have time for all that. There's so much more to say on that, that topic. Um, so there is a there is a conditional with it, and that it's according to their needs. Right. What is what is fit for the moment? Mm-hmm. What what does that conversation and that relationship need then to become helpful, beneficial, and building others up, rather than corrupting and unwholesome? And that's the lens we always need to be looking through. Right, and so that that's where we we move away from checklist theology. Mm-hmm. Here are the seven words you can't say on television, as George Carlin would say, the great theologian of the 20th century. Uh, yeah, no. <clears throat> but just just a momentary digression. So the same guy that, that does that comedy sketch and, and really emphasizes all of the, the immorality of the time becomes the conductor on Thomas the Tank Engine? I mean, come on, man. What? Well, it was Hammer, Ringo Starr. So. Yeah, so anyway, the... <laughs> Seven words you can't say on television. So rather than having your list of here are swears, here are curses, here are you know the naughty bits, you know that we're we're not going to be dealing with that stuff. It's bigger, and and this is exactly what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. You heard this. Here's your checklist: don't kill people, you know stuff like that. But I'm telling you, before you ever get to the killing people, the sin already happens inside because that's where your heart and your mind have been. So. The same thing applies here when those things that are coming out of your mouth, maybe nobody else is thinking about it. You know, like right now, if you and I were to drop the F-bomb on this podcast, everybody's going to say, wow, that's really not suitable to a church podcast. <laughs> Plenty of podcasts out there that do. Also so, unexpected. Right. Totally shocking. Right. But we could have any number of other things that we say, maybe disparaging someone that can sound like good discernment. And yet, it's not. It's not helping anybody building them up. At the same time, the the discerning criticism of false teachers, for example, is a necessary and helpful thing. Hmm. There is a line where that goes from useful, helpful building up 
to destructive, slanderous, gossipy, uh, you know, just judging others. Where is that line? That kind of depends on your heart and your situation and your motive and so, so on. You can't say things about Stephen Furtick anymore, is what you're saying? Well, I, it, maybe you can't say them <laughs> the same way, you know, because there are things that are that need to be said. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are some things. I think I think we go too far both ways. We go from from we're just not going to say anything about anybody, right? We're right. just going to only say nice things all the time. Well, that allows false teaching to creep into the church, and it's it's prevalent. That I can't even believe how many Bible teaching churches are just are not teaching com- right. We we there's no discernment, and we're comfortable with ungodly teaching that creeps in because somebody's got a popular book or TV show or, or radio program or whatever or podcast, and so we listen Clearly to these not things us. and. And then it creeps in. Yeah. And we've talked about that with prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. We have such a, we've been so inundated, so infested with this, that that evangelical believers who would never, oh, they would completely condemn the word of faith movement or, or whatever else. But we're still trapped in this idea that, that God blesses me if I'm faithful in this way. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing it right, then God's not blessing me. We get all of this kind of stuff messed up in our heads because we have not dealt with the smaller issues. So there are times when it's it's appropriate, it's fitting to be critical and, and even harsh. And and you know, mentioned on Sunday when Jesus says to the Pharisees, "You brood of vipers." Right. You know, that's not exactly nice talk. Was it? Fit but he's to not the just moment? saying right. He's not just saying it to be you know. Right. It was derogatory. It's. Obviously, Jesus wasn't sinning, right. and he was very direct in, in what's going on here. And it was in keeping with the, the fullness of grace and truth. At that moment, grace was not called for. Truth was. Mm-hmm. So the grace to those who are being misled and, and affected by the false teachers of the religious leaders is not the same grace that's being extended to those false teachers. In this moment, the truth, the judgment toward those false teachers becomes the grace to those that they are influencing. And, and we need to be mindful of that. So I think your question, while you know late in the game here, <laughs> uh, your question was really valid of what is the standard beyond our conscience? And I think the standard has to be the word of God mm-hmm. always because our conscience can deceive us. But the knowing that if, if we are Christ followers having the Holy Spirit within us, He's going to prick our conscience. Secondly, we have to know the Word of God. What is the balance? What what works? And a pretty sound litmus test for us uh, is, as we're doing this, am I keeping the first two commandments in, mm. in my speech? Am I Is my speech elevating God? Is it demonstrating that I love God ahead of everything else with my whole body, my whole soul? And then is, is it likewise loving to those around me? Am I meeting their needs and building them up? And that's what Paul gets at here. If you're living a life worthy of who you are, it fits who you actually are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, well then, it's not that it doesn't matter, but the old ways, the natural, ungodly ways, they fit who you are because you're not in Christ. I read about that in the song. But if you are in Christ, now it's different. That doesn't fit you anymore. So when I'm looking at how do I love somebody else in the way I speak, hmm. 
Sometimes it's what I say to them. Sometimes it's what I say about or around them. Sometimes it's something that they might not think about, but I need to think about how, if they were to imitate me, is that going to bring them closer to Christ or farther away? Mm-hmm. Is my example going to, to bring glory to God? Or is it going to, as he says right after this in verse 30, is it going to grieve the Holy Spirit? Is it going to break God's heart with the way I handle it? And that's, uh, I think, a pretty good litmus test for us to look at. Like you said, there's probably a lot more to talk about here, but we're way over. Surprise. Um, So we will stop there for today. Because Rich is also out of water. I need water. (laughs) Tiny Uh, cups. Very tiny tiny cups. cups. Um, Tiny bubbles. And we're going off the rails again. Let's get that ukulele out. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, if you guys uh, want to connect with us, you can do so on Facebook or YouTube, leaving a comment, or you can uh, leave a comment on Twitter, or I don't know what they call it on Twitter, or reply, a comment, leave a comment on Twitter, a, re- a, tweet, a retweet. Sure. Cool. All those things. Um, yeah. Retweet our podcast. Um, did I say Facebook? Yes. I'm on top of things today. Or you can send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Or leave us a, va- a vase mail, a voicemail. Send us flowers in a vase <laughs> and uh, at 269-756-RLCC. Or you can use the Anchor app if that's how you listen to your podcasts and leave us a voicemail directly on there. Good Sounds times. great. And rate us five stars everywhere you go because don't we deserve it? Gosh darn it. Please do because that does help us get the, <laughs> get the word out. So, <laughs> so if you think this... <laughs> this podcast is garbage. <laughs> then just don't comment. But <laughs> but if this has keep your it, mouth shut. Yeah, if this has in some way, <laughs> what did uh, you say? My song should have been called. Shut your filthy mouth. Shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really enjoyed your song, by the way. Thanks. Um, but but the the comments, the the five star ratings do help bump it up. And it's a little bit like when you rank your bank teller experience. The only, the only good is five. Anything okay. anything else drops it down. So, you know, we want to have a good five-star rating on there um, because somebody is going to put a one-star on there or zero stars with a comment because we said offensive things. So we Sorry. appreciate that. Uh, even on Facebook, if you share, if you that's how you watch us uh, with the video podcast, sharing that with friends is great. We'll get us in front of more yes. eyes and ears. So. Thank you guys for doing that. Any last thoughts? Um, just shut your filthy mouth. <laughs>